The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M-I-Z. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Tom Herman's life coach, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Mizzou's official bowl game offensive coordinator, Caleb Bungart. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all you guys, and we are here to discuss Mizzou football for one final time as it was bowl season, and Missouri faced the Texas Longhorns in the Texas Bowl in Houston and unceremoniously were defeated. Everybody talked about the motivating factors, like Texas got no reason to be there, a bunch of players are missing, Mizzou's got the old uh, revenge factor because Texas is such a shitheel and it had their mm-hmm. had our their boot on our throats for so many years, right? and we're, we're on this riding high on this game-winning streak. All the momentum was on our... Keep it rolling. So every every pundit I listened to all week long was picking Missouri and a laugher. Putting ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, but Vegas was Barrett smarter. Sally. Yeah, Barrett Sally's a dick, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, an actual like literal dick. He's a penis. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what a dick is. Well, I mean, Smith, he's sure. a talking penis. He's not a per- human being. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but Vegas is smarter than the pundits or us. They had it as a two-point uh, game, and they were right. Mm-hmm. In fact, they actually they were quite wrong. No, they were, <laughs> Vegas was way off too. Yeah, yeah, we were what two two and a half point favorite, mm-hmm. and uh, we looked like complete and total dog shit from the word go. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I from the beginning of the season, part of the reason it was so frustrating to watch this football team was not that they lost. It was the way that they lost. Mm-hmm, and you exactly. felt like the coaches were just fucking... Um, Unprepared? Yeah, just didn't know what to fucking do. The players didn't seem to know where they wanted to be. The game plan seemed to be complete junk. And uh, that's exactly what this game looked like to me. Joe John the Finley. You could play that drop again for Joe John Finley. The football is brown! That guy... I guess it was really important against the sixth-ranked uh, rushing defense in the country to establish the run for an entire <laughs> half of football. Yeah, it, well, it was a two-sided coin because obviously the offense sputtered and didn't do much, and the play calling had everybody scratching their head. We were also in a really strange situation where we never had the ball outside of our own 10-yard line because of the ungodly, otherworldly punting of Texas Longhorns uh, yeah. punter, yeah. which uh, put Corey Fatoni to shame, yeah. dare I say. And that's hard to say. That is that's hard, hard to, to do. It's not something we've never seen. No. 
No, not ever. But, uh, the, you know, and Drew Locke made excuses for Joe John, saying that, uh, you know, the playbook is very limited when you're inside your own 10-yard line. It's not something, and that's not a Well, the thing is, but is it that limited? Because what seems to be available is throwing horizontal mm-hmm. for an easy pick six. That's what I got, got, got me. is like when they did pass, they throw a fucking bubble screen to the outside. Like, what are you doing? Good God, don't do that. Yeah, it was unproductive runs, which we knew were going to happen because, like, yeah. we said, like we said before the game started, the one thing that Texas says, well, is stop the run, so we just will like, go up the gut, up the gut, up the mm-hmm. gut. Nothing fucking happened. And, of course, before any of that got started, we had the first offensive drive for Texas in which we had, I think, three or four penalties, which did all the work for Texas, got them down the field. They scored a touchdown right And then the a complete game. blown coverage. Yeah, and completely blown coverage. It did look like the beginning of the season. It was an absolute shit show to watch that first drive it, by it, Texas. It did not look – I mean, did it not look exactly like yep. the first five games of this I season? I think the, the lesson you can take from this is, like, Barry Odom had 10 months to get this team ready at the beginning of the season, right. and they failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And then he had, you know, almost a month to get this team ready for a bowl game, and they failed miserably. The worst thing you can do for Barry Odom is give him time to overthink things and overanalyze or lack thereof. I don't know what the problem is, but let's just play consecutive weeks year-round, and I think Barry Odom's going to be fine. Yeah, it, it's funny because everybody talks about what a value the extra practices mm-hmm. have. If you get to go to a bowl, you get all these extra practices that non-bowl teams don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we did practice. It never looks like we practiced. It never looks like the team had any conversations prior to these games, especially on the defense. The secondary, the beginning of the season, they were lost. At the beginning of this game, they were lost. Now, I will say the defense tightened up and yeah, played defense, as well as the defense they had figured it out very quickly. They but were the on offense, the field a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, by the end, the last touchdown, I attribute that entirely to being on the field and being gassed. Yeah, the, the offense never got going. And they, they started to mix the play calling a little bit in the second half. But I mean, the entire first half was runs and bubble screens. So we got this all world quarterback who throws laser beams down the field for seven And we're going yards. up against a team that can stop yeah. the run. Yeah. Should have ran the hoop de hoop. Well, and, that's, and then we don't do it at all. At all. I, not, not, I mean, even the press box super friends were on Twitter questioning the play calling. And if you got. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. If you get those dildos to make a definitive statement on anything. Again, no, let's not do that. If you get those guys. <laughs> if you get those guys to make a definitive like proclamation about anything, mm-hmm. you know, negative. Then you know it's bad, and, and I shouldn't say proc and like a stance. Hard proclamation is like this play calling is somewhat questionable. I, I mean, that's a start for a bowl game. It's your last game. Why don't you just try everything? Well, just I, throw the ball down. The only thing I can figure is they lose. thought, oh, Mizzou's going to try to take the top off of us, mm-hmm. so let's throw a curveball at him and let's just run it up the gut. It's like okay, that's fine. I understand that concept, but don't do it for an entire half. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we've definitely established the run as yes. much as we were going to do it. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I thought I saw one downfield throw the entire first half. You said two at one point. But, I mean, it was almost absent. And it was the one thing everybody was talking about. It, it, the topic of conversation going into this game was whether Drew Locke was going to go pro or not. He's not. The reason everybody talked about it was because his downfield passing. Mm-hmm. If anything was suspect, it was his mid-level and maybe screen passes. Intermediates, yeah. And, and yet that is what we saw. It was like they weren't interested in winning. They were wanting to show NFL scouts that Drew Locke was capable of throwing little dingy passes. Yeah, if he wanted to show he could throw a bubble pass, they did it. And they did it well. <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, they, they ran that a lot. I remember screaming on this podcast in the early episodes of this season about them throwing horizontally, horizontally, horizontally. And then we got away from that and everything the offense started to bloom and it's like they just went what was what was week two against south carolina what was that game plan 
hold on, let me find it. Oh, here it is. Let's bring that, dust that off for the Texas well, game. Well, you know they didn't do that, Colin, because it was set on fire. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it, I, I don't get it. And then the second half started out. We did go deep and it worked out. We had yeah. a 79 yard pass. That's pretty a pass as you will see a college Jonathan quarterback Johnson. make ever. Of course, and that brought out the infamous backpack celebration. Mm-hmm. And then. We saw none of that anymore. Although the, the offense looked like we were going to start making a run, we were going to come back. Yeah. But then two things well, happened. Texas that, punted eight consecutive possessions. Again, the defense did well. But then two things happened against us that hardly ever happened and really put us in fucking deep shit, which was Ish Witter, who's mm-hmm. sure-handed as anybody, coughed up the ball, and the very next possession, Albert O, who's as been as good a freshman as anybody, coughed, coughed up the ball. ball. And then, of course, topped that off with a shitty snap that led to a safety, three terrible, terrible turnovers that killed any possibility of... Uh, mo- I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Momentum. Yeah, yeah. We shit down both legs. Uh, I believe the term I'm searching for is hot dog water. Hot dog water. That's it. But yeah, it it made me so mad. And on Twitter, I got angry and furious. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of Mizzou fans did. But that leads me to the end of the game. There's something happened that I honestly didn't give a shit about. I didn't stick around for originally, but I saw on Twitter people mm-hmm. in the zoo world were getting super furious about I saw it on the television broadcast and didn't give a shit. That was Tom Herman, the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, mocked Drew Locke's backpack ceremony by doing his own, and Mizzou went sh- ape shit. And if you ask me, they weren't really that mad at Tom Herman. They were just mad, and they were placing their rage on Tom Herman instead of at the game, which was atrocious and drove us all fucking nuts. I don't know. I don't. I don't the, really care. The best explanation that I heard for this, the outrage, and it wasn't really, you know, for me, it's not that bunch outrage. But uh, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star was like, "It's just beneath the dignity of the position. Like, mm-hmm. if it was your defensive coordinator doing it and surrounded by the defensive players on the sideline, nobody would have cared." Or but president of the United States. You're, <laughs> you're the head coach. Well, there's some parallels there. You're the head coach and or president, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that are beneath the dignity of the office. position yeah. or office <laughs> that you don't do. And 
And um, I think that's that was a perfect. It didn't really bother me that bad. But I, when I when Blair Kirkhoff said that, I'm like, yeah, that's right. You don't. You're the head coach. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do. Well, granted, Drew Luck's 20 years old, and Tom Herman is a 41 year old man, or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I I am always of the opinion that if you are Drew Locke and you do that in the middle of a game, which you are not winning, mm-hmm. you invite that sort of. Rep, yeah. you, know, you don't thing. typically think you're going to invite it from the head coach of the other team. No, but you're going to give have your face rubbed in a little bit. I remember when um, Atlanta was so good and they did the Dirty Bird all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime they lost, Dirty Bird. Oh, people yeah. were Dirty Birding on them. And the the Ravens with their Ray Lewis had, had his little dance. Anytime Ravens got beat, Ray Lewis's dance was getting done on him. You oh, know, Marcel Frazier loved a gator chomp. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just that's what you you're asking for. Right. I didn't know what the fuck he's doing. They're like he's putting a tote bag on. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And I, I don't know. Let's backtrack because I don't think that ever really got addressed. Why is putting a backpack on a thing? It's a college thing that we're not aware of because we're old. It's, well, I, I know, but I would like it explained to me. Is Urban Dictionary got something for me? It's. <laughs> I'm not sure Caleb's in the, the Urban Dictionary. We'll go with it. Uh-huh. I, I don't. Does that mean you're super cool if you double strap the backpack? I don't know. Someone explain it to us. Call us in on. I just I, I follow like Old Row on yeah. Instagram and yeah. watch those like frat boys doing crazy things. And I'm hoping that the explanation at some point will come through my my Instagram feed via mm-hmm. the via watching college kids do There's silly things. Be something cooler than putting on a fucking backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could have gone like. Sure, Baker Mayfield's not putting on a backpack. Which which wrestler did the thing where he hit, you know put the X on his nutsack? What was that? that oh yeah, that yeah. guy. <laughs> you bring up a good point, Caleb. I mean, Oklahoma's got Baker Mayfield grabbing his dick and balls, and yeah. we've got Drew Lock putting it on a backpack. Jeepers, fellas! This backpack <laughs> sure is heavy. Is Drew Lock in here right now? <laughs> but uh, he drinks milk and he wears backpacks. Well, can we go back to the throw he made? Yeah. Like I saw people on Twitter being like, he should put a little more air under that. I'm like, no, he shouldn't. No. That throw was a perfect throw. Like that was a laser beam into his hands. The guy never broke stride. I don't want anyone to ever have anything to say about that throw other than that was fucking orgasmic. I don't know anybody who would. Why would anybody question anything about that throw? It was one of the best plays all year. It just happened to me in a game where it couldn't make any oh, difference. Oh, I, I heard on the radio they're like, when if Drew Locke comes out next year and he he sits down with the, for the Gruden grinders, where that's where mm-hmm. the quarterback who's going to be drafted sits down with John Gruden and, and goes to the whiteboard and shows John Gruden what was happening on some particular play, mm-hmm. they're going to show that pass. Yeah. Now, what, what was this pass about, young man? Uh-huh. And uh, Drew Locke will be like, well, we had a safety over the top. The linebacker had dropped lower, and I just threw a laser beam, sir. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, if anybody Tebow puts it. air on that pass, it's because they have to. I mean, yeah. they, they'd have to sail it. Drew Locke doesn't have to sail it because he has a uh, a Greek god. Golden arm. His arm. Yeah. yeah, His so, uncle is Rico. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Rico. That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, so Missouri, he can throw it over those mountains. <laughs> Missouri ended up losing thirty-three to sixteen. Ishwitter did score a touchdown. Oh, we, I didn't even mention that we flubbed up a fucking extra point attempt. Yep, I mean, we were yep. just we had that rusty look that like we've never played football mm-hmm. thing that exactly like the beginning of the season. And there's got to be a reason for it. Like, there's something wrong in our preparation style. I'm a little bit concerned rusty. that everybody got way too hyped up for Mizzou basketball, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that way about the Mizzou football team, and this may have been a good from a certain standpoint that with Drew Locke is, ba- is, we believe, coming back based on a source. We know already Terry Beckner Jr. is coming back. We're going to have Crockett. The team looks good to go next mm-hmm. season. Too deep a lot of ways. Yeah, and uh, people are getting very excited about it and talking about SEC East champions and all this sort of thing. And I'm not saying that's out of the scope of reason, but I think people were getting really amped up for something that's not going to happen for months. And this showed us that despite the nice six-game winning streak we had against a bunch of teams that did not have a winning record, that we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And based on last offseason and this bowl preparation, I don't have tons of confidence that Barry 
Odom will have it figured out by kickoff of next year. Now, I'm not saying he won't get it figured out, but based on previous experience with Barry Odom, it may take him a few games to figure out what the fuck he's doing. Well, when we were with mid- a new offensive coordinator, right? When we were midway through this season and everybody was taking a dump on Barry Odom, and we were in the middle of that rabble, I was saying that you know Barry Odom is a second year coach, and last year he looked like a guy who'd never coached football yep. before. And we, I think we see this year that he's a second year coach, and he's yep. not got that it was all his figured first out. bowl game, yeah, ever, <laughs> ever. And he's you know he, they fuck up, you know the coaching staff fucks up the offensive play calling. That there's a lot of things you can point at, but that alone, Joe John Finley set his, back his career probably. 10 years on that one bowl game, Except I Except for the possibility that no one ever remembers shitty bowls ever. Well, and that... Other than the teams who... But the thing is, them. is he going to apply for a job as an offensive coordinator somewhere, and they're going to go, well, do you have any track record? Mm-hmm. They better not... No, check. absolutely not. I've never... I've never he'll, be, he'll be like, nope, never done it before. Don't ever... Please, whatever you do, do not check my Twitter mentions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on December 27, 2017. Yep, yep. Because everybody loved me. Or, as, as the announcers called him, John Joe Finley. John Joe Finley. That's a benefit that to him. Better. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that guy was named John Joe Finley. Yeah, John knows shit. Yeah. Joe John knows his business. Yeah. But don't ask John Joe for help. No, that guy doesn't know shit. But yeah, so the coaches suck. Like you said, I think we were exposed for the mediocre team that we actually are. Although Texas was imminently beatable. Oh yeah, we just and they're fucking very shit down our well. leg. Yeah, and that, that's I think something we should enjoy. As a as a long lifelong cheese fan, I was like, is Marty Schottenheimer? Did they hire Marty Schottenheimer mm-hmm. to the OC for it, that game? I, my concern is, say for instance, say our source was wrong, which almost never happens, and Drew Locke did declare for the NFL, mm-hmm. so then we're quarterbackless. Yeah, we don't have an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and to this point, we have not recruited a quarterback for 2018. I said something about it on Twitter, and I got lambasted about it. But I stand by the fact that we could very well – we're in a position next year where we could be in the catbird seat with your lock and a new offensive coordinator, or we could be up shit creek with no fucking quarterback and a guy we've never seen coordinate an offense ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're going to be. I think the odds are in our favor. Well, and everybody's saying the guy to UCLA uh, – Jed Fish. Jed Fish is going to be coming here. In fact, we're going to reel him in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, the, to the point where um, fake accounts are talking about him becoming our coordinator. Right. And, and one of the AD assistants <laughs> at UCLA is like announcing congratulations to him. So right. that's a pretty good indication that that leak is probably uh, true. It's we're certainly probably, an indication that the athletic director and the coach don't talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> guys named Jed get shit done. Yeah, yeah we, just, I think that's, that's day one stuff. Yeah, well, guys named Jed are comfortable in the SEC. I think we know yeah. that. Yeah, well, then she's like, "This is where I belong." Yeah, well, you thought Joe John would be good in that yeah. position, but no. Yeah. So. Should have been Jim Bob, and he'd have fucked things up. Yeah, yeah. he'd have yeah. nailed it. That reminds me, guys. I saw Josh Heupel today. I was watching a little of the uh, UCF Auburn game, and mm-hmm. he was in the uh, box chit chatting up while Frost, who's now going to be the Nebraska coach, was coaching his former team, UCF, just made me scratch my head and think, well, that's why Heupel, why did Heupel not coach our game again? I just that's another know. situation where I'm like, I understand the being upset with Heupel. I wish he was there. I think it's chicken shit that he's not there, mm-hmm. but it's the business. I mean, I'm not super upset mm-hmm. about it because like, this is the business. Yeah. This is like, I got a new job. Bye guys. Yeah. That's why it only works for 19 year olds and 20 year olds who are in a locker room because when a coach goes in there and tells him, boys, you're my family and I love you, and we are going to see this through to the end because we, we are family, and then 30 seconds later he goes, oh, you've got a big, bigger check than this school does? Bye, guys. We'll see you later. Well, he didn't even Don't say bye. Sh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where'd but, coach go? But then the, the players, because they're kids and they trust these adult men's word, mm-hmm. as they shouldn't, they haven't become old and cynical like us, Right. they're, they're heartbroken, and they're upset. And More they're like, self-rager. Yeah, and they're like, Whoa. 
how could he do this to us? I thought we were family. Mm-hmm. And like, no, you're not family. None of them grew up in Catholic church and learned any better. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Marcel Frazier was very mad after the game, and he said it during the press conference post-game. He said, he, I don't understand the politics of it, but I definitely think it hurt us to have him gone. Well, I think they're just kind a, of a slap in the face to Joe John, frankly. I think it's the business, but I also think it's just a it's a it's a measure of the man. Some people have a more place more value and character and honor and all that stuff. And there are certain coaches who are like, no, I'm going to live up to my word and I'm going to be here and I'm going to be an honorable person. And some people aren't. And that's okay. Some people are not super honorable. And that that's the fucking way the world works. Yeah. Josh Heupel is one of those fellows. Yeah. He's not super honorable. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. No, he played for Bob Stoops. We know he's the most stand-up honorable guy. <laughs> yeah. Of all that's time. what I'm saying. Like, a good example. Bob Stoops. I mean, like... No honor whatsoever. Not having honor doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. It just means you're you're not... You know, and you can have too much. You can be Stannis Baratheon. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You can be... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> references. You can and be... Speaking of Bob Stoops and Mizzou, DGB got a DWI this weekend. Yeah. yeah sort of. That's something we ought to talk about. Yeah, that's a squad. Yeah. Wandering of oh, so much fucking talent. It's crazy to look at the police report because he's 24. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like he's been around for. He's only 24. You got to be 47 years Here's old. Here's a guy who who is going to have less money than the three of us when he's mm-hmm. when he's retired. Possibly and, he does now. And uh, yeah, and we are none of us wealthy men. No, but we will all far surpass DGB because you know he's going to piss away every nickel he made from the NFL. I inseminate turkeys for a living, (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't even use an injector. (laughs) He's a mouth and a straw, (laughs) (laughs) and he does dogs as recreation. (laughs) Yeah, it's whatever. Call the show if you need some help. Well, yeah, so it was disheartening, to say the least. I was very pissed off. I didn't want to do a show immediately or the mm-hmm. next day afterwards because yeah. I was irrational. And a lot of our fans are, too, because we do have some voicemails we'll play, guys. Oh, the play uh, calling, I hope there's lots of... Because that was, to me, like, people were talking about the flub-ups in there. The fumbles are terrible, and the, yeah. and the, and almost, the snaps. It's going to happen. And the, it, it's, well, it shouldn't, but it does happen. But the play calling is so much in your control, especially, like, the first, like, whether it be college or NFL you map out like your first 15 plays. Like you know what you're going to call. And then after the, you run through that initial uh, playbook, you, then you start you know, mixing and matching as you go. But that was the playbook. Mm-hmm. That was the, those first 10 to 15 plays that they had scripted. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was the best they had. <laughs> Let's Marty Schottenheimer style run it into the back of our offensive line and occasionally mix it up with a fucking super dangerous bubble screen. Yeah. 32 dives. 32 dives. That's 32 right. 32 dives. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up 32 dive again for me. Our, uh, our fans were mad about that, and then we also had some calls earlier about the uh, bragging rights game against Illinois. Oh, yeah. And that reminded me that there were a lot of parallels in those two, in the basketball uh, game and the football game. It was a bad week for Mizzou in general. But it doesn't the, make us look like good pre- preparation guys. You know? No. Big games everybody's excited about, and in a first half, completely take away take your legs out from under you and give yep. you no chance to win both games exactly mm-hmm. the yep. same didn't look prepared mistakes our own mistakes killed us against yep. a team that we should could and for every reason should have beaten mm. and both, now, in both situations we refused to do so i heard one of the guys on the in, in sec network after the bragging rights game saying if you played this game 10 times mizzou wins eight of them yeah and it's like well we're not gonna play it 10 times we're just gonna play it this one time we're gonna get down by 20 yeah so there you go. All right, guys, let's take our first break of the day and come back with those voicemails and then get on to the rest of the bowl situation in the SEC. This is the Mazodcast. Stop! 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. back and uh, one of our listeners sent us a song said that they uh, it was an original recording but i feel like it's pretty familiar and i've heard yeah, it before yeah yeah but it does have a familiar ring okay guys let's get right to our voicemails because we had some good ones and they were pretty angry so it's time to open up for the first time in a while the old mazodcast mailbag here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to wail <laughs> Guys, uh, it's halftime of the Bragging Rights game. I think I stand with most Mizzou fans that were all very pissed off. This has just been, seriously, a hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Captain Mizzou basketball. And I know I'm thinking long-term here, but what the hell are we going to do in other actual conference games? I mean, literally, nobody can handle being pressured with the ball. I mean, when they go on the road That's against true. a decent team in the SEC, I'm worried for real. This is just such... Bad ball playing. So angry right now. If Ian, if you're out there somewhere, please, please go <laughs> into the locker room. Ian getting shout outs on the show now. We really need it. Gentlemen, this is at Tigers SEC. The first half of this bragging rights game was an absolute embarrassment to the game of basketball. If any coach in the SEC doesn't pressure Missouri the entire game, they should be fired immediately. <laughs> this is Mizzou's weakness. Their guard play is horrible. Hmm? Absolutely horrible. They play out of control. They pick up their dribble. Then you got four oh, guys standing around just watching the guy who's picked up the ball. I've never seen a team stand around as much as this team does when some guy picks up their dribble. I They've got to get this fixed. This has been a problem all year long so far. It needs to be fixed immediately. This team is going to go nowhere if they continue to make stupid mistakes. Merry Christmas. Well, fuck. Thanks, Tigers. I've been circling this game December 23rd. For a fucking year now, because I've gone the last four years to watch them lose, and we go and fucking piss this one away too. Thank you, Tigers. Miz. I just wanted to say uh, I don't remember when it was acceptable for someone to be named Joe John and run a fucking offense. <laughs> Who the hell has two fucking first names and thinks they can do shit? What is this bullshit? I'm fucking done. Fuck, cock sucker, motherfucker! I hate the fucking Texas Longhorns. Fuck them, son of a bitch. Fuck, guys. Well, at least uh, at least it all comes full circle, right? You fucking end the season just like you started the season. Like fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. Piece of shit. God damn it! Fuck! <laughs> well, Mizzou, Mizzou, not really anything else to say about it. Just, uh, this is kind of one that you gotta get used to, I guess. M-I-Z. I've had some beers, but I tell you what, that Missouri football team looks like dog shit like they look like the beginning of the year. Worthless. Completely worthless. And we extended Odom. It's me again. Also, fuck the Big 12 and fuck Tom Herman. <laughs> 
Hey, is this Mazodcast? You rum-dums awake? I just got done watching that. I don't want to cuss right now. Mama taught me better. I just got done watching that game, and I'll tell you one thing. If I was a senior on that football team, when I saw that Tom Herman mocking Drew Locke with that fancy dance that he did for two minutes with his, I don't even know what the hell it is, that little thing with his pinky and his thumb on his chest, wiggling his hips and all that nonsense, I'd have been the first player in NC2A history to get a targeting call on the opposing team's coach. I would not get his block off. He was doing it for two minutes. I swear to God, I would knock his head off. Yeah, you can flag me. You can do whatever you want. Guess what? I'm a senior. I'm graduated. Got my diploma. You can't find me. You can't suspend me. Go ahead, throw a flag. I don't give a damn. I tell you what, Game 6 Honky Tonk Joint, come by. Uh, (laughs) I've seen a damn dark day. (laughs) It sounds like somebody wanted to get a plug in. Yeah. And last fuck, Josh Heifel. Well, I guess I did what you guys always recommend, and I waited a day to talk about the game. Or at least, I didn't talk about it right after. But anyhow, to be honest with you, I actually wasn't all that pissed. I was just more disappointed. But we forget that we didn't have an offensive coordinator or O-line coach. So I think that played a big part in it. I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, we would have won if Heupel was there because if my aunt had balls, he'd be my uncle. Or maybe the other way around. I don't know. It's 2017. Anyhow, (laughs) it was disappointing. Defense, I was actually pretty impressed with. I thought they played very well except for the first series. That may have been the most impressed I've been with them all season. It's just they were put in shitty situations after shitty situation, and so was our offense. Man, that kicker killed us. No touchbacks. Every time he kicked, I'm just like, please get in the end zone. Please get in the end zone. And the ball just, I mean, it wasn't happening. I don't know. It's just disappointing. But I guess after starting 1-5, and five, I was just happy to be in a bowl and watching Mizzou in December. It's sad because that's the Mizzou fan mentality, you know, just happy to be there. Just happy to be in the SEC championship game. Just happy to be in the Big 12 championship game. Don't ever, don't actually think we're going to win it, you know. Sucks. And we're actually starting to bounce back, but I really think this team just got, I don't want to say exposed, but I guess it was exposed for what it really is. It's, it's a below average team that can beat bad teams, but can't beat other average teams. I mean, if you look at it, the Kentucky, South Carolina games, I mean, at the end of the season, we're going, oh, we'd like to have them back again. We can beat them. And I don't know if we could. This reminds me, if you want to get uh, on the Mazodcast listener line, keep your voicemails under three minutes. Yeah, we're going to have to credit him at the end of the show. (laughs) It's one of those. What's up, y'all? In relation to last night's game, I'm upset. I'm upset because we beat ourselves. I mean, if you go back and look at it, really what did it, it was, I don't know if it was the Ishwitter fumble, the first offensive drive by Texas and all those penalties we committed. The safety in our end zone when we were down five. The roughing the passer call. I don't know, but Texas honestly about that. isn't a good team. They were honestly no better than Florida was, if not worse. And really the most frustrating thing is they beat themselves. So hopefully you guys are right. I hope Julak comes back next season. It would be a really shitty right. way for him to end his career at Mizzou. His teammates really just, they beat themselves last night. And that's all there really is to it. Oh, all right. Two days after, we're finally <laughs> calm enough. But man, I I blame a lot of people for that loss. First of all, Joe John Finley, whatever the fuck his name was, <laughs> has he not watched the offense all year? It's yeah. Witter. I'm sorry, he's not the best player on that offense. Drew Locke put the game in the hands of Drew Locke. The offense was just a bunch of 
screens and inside runs. They're all world D tackle. Puna Ford, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Hall. Where the fuck was Emmanuel Hall? No, we decided to run their best player. Who Drew comes back? Am I the? All right, there we go. We <laughs> we have a lot of upset listeners, and uh, yeah, I wonder if so. Joe John was you know sort of maintenance supervisor, or like uh, equipment manager before. I mean, how did he get that position? He was an offensive assistant. Yeah, some sort. he was. And I've heard that too that we didn't have an offensive coordinator and we didn't have an O line coach. And I get it. We didn't have ours, but it's hard for me to believe there's nobody on that staff that could just pick up where that guy left off and just kind of get us through. But there's a lot of talk about how Drew Locke was doing a lot of the, the coaching. Quarterback coaching, yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, we pay these guys half a million dollars a year to coach, and they pull our hair out as whether we should or shouldn't hire this guy or that guy. But we put it in the hands of our 20-year-old quarterback. Mm-hmm. It seems to be no problem, but yeah, sure. it, it was a problem. Well, why don't we move along to other bowl games, and let's go to our final episode of the season of Around the Horn with the SEC. We Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. All right, let's look at some of the other SEC games, and it hasn't been going too well for yeah, the SEC. Yeah, we're recording on uh, New Year's Day. That's right. And so many of the games are in process. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll start with the ones that have already been played. Mm-hmm. So we had Wake Forest playing Texas A&M. Hey, hold on. I don't want to stop you real quick. But, Caleb, we need to invite our, our good friend into the, uh, oh, yeah. the, pro- the broadcast. Is he available? Alabama plays here in a couple hours. That's right. we got to get it in before Alabama starts. Home. All right, let's start up the old Paul Finebot. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right, you ready to go, Paul? Let's get started. Okay, sorry, Caleb, go on. We had Wake Forest playing Texas A&M, mm-hmm. and we established last time we did a podcast that we didn't know Wake Forest played football. That's mm-hmm. right. Texas A&M. And Paul did pick Texas A&M, and he lost because Wake Forest won 55-52. to 52. Damn. No. Yeah, it happened. No. Paul, we lost to Wake Forest. Not sure about that. Well, we can move on to another game. See, okay. Paul Paul got that one right, too. Yeah, Wake Forest won. Jesus, Texas yeah. A&M. We had Kentucky play Northwestern. Yes, sir. Will Kentucky's Cinderella season continue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I believe Paul picked Kentucky to win this game. Yeah. Um, they lost to Northwestern 24-23. No. Yeah, they did, Paul. 0-2 for Paul. Too much eggnog last time, I guess. No. And then we had Louisville playing Mississippi State. I'll have another... <laughs> Mississippi State actually won this game 31-27. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then games in process today. Right now in the fourth quarter with uh, about 3.30 left, we have Michigan and South Carolina. Okay. South Carolina is winning 26-19. to Yes, sir. All right. Everybody hates Michigan, so this is good for the SEC. I can't wait to see what Clay Travis's take on Jim Harbaugh is after this game's over. Right. And the next game up would be UCF, who Scott Frost is coaching. Mm-hmm. And the best team in the country. Yeah. what we hear from local reporters. Yeah. It's sure. playing Auburn, and it is tied 20 to 20 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Wow. And I feel like this is one of the situations where Auburn had their eye on something much, much bigger, and now they're playing UCF going. <laughs> And just kind of mm-hmm. going through the motions. Next up, we have the game. I don't know why we're not watching this game. It, it's real barn burner. Notre Dame playing LSU. Mm. End of the third quarter, LSU is up 
Seven to six. Oh, good Lord. Where's the drink? Yeah, I'm glad we're not watching that. Yeah, that's mm. a shit show. I want some uh, some whiskey. <laughs> then, of course, this afternoon, we have Georgia and Oklahoma and yeah. Alabama and Clemson. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the games uh, for the college football playoff and the possibility of the first all-SEC championship. I believe you guys have picked Oklahoma and Alabama as your guesses for who will be I am. I am. I'm, I'm going I'm with Baker there. Mayfield. I'm changing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody will grab his dong and shake it at Kansas has got my vote. Yeah. He's That's been right. sick all week, which makes me believe it'll come out just a mm-hmm. rip roaring fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, it looks like 75% of your picks were wrong in this bowl season. I admitted I made a mistake. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a very. When did you program that into? Programmed it? in some contriteness. <laughs> Finally. Contrite program. <laughs> Only three years overdue. Got it at the same time, we got that robotic penis. <laughs> I don't agree. It's just a blender. Arm on a on a little Briggs and Stratton motor. Mm-hmm. Touch himself while he watches mm-hmm. Alabama. Yep, oh, you're right about that. Strange. My wife was the one who was really vehement that I put that on there. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that I should be suspicious about that? No, not I'm a, not like a, thinking about it. Not at all. She just felt sorry for Paul. Oh, okay. yes, sir. They're definitely not canoodling when I'm not away. Right. No. If you find metal shavings in your bed, you may, <laughs> may, may want to have a talk with either your wife or Paul. Yeah. I, I like that better. bedroom does have a hint of motor oil in it. Uh, <laughs> Paul, what have you been up to? Son of a bitch. Everybody happy. <laughs> Not everybody, you dick. <laughs> I, I really thought this was going to be a good day. Yeah, well, I did too. <laughs> Paul, uh, do, you, do you like Colin's wife? That was good stuff. <laughs> you son of a bitch, Paul. You son of a bitch. That's why when I went to pick you up, there was WD-40 everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, works as a hell of a lubricant. Yeah. yeah. Paul's all about the synthetics. Mm-hmm. Where does the SEC stand right now as far as bowl records go? I mean, the Tigers obviously lost. Well, right. I think right now there's one win, three losses in the stands. You know, in, in the Big Ten, at one point they were 7-0, and and our good friend Danny Cannell mm-hmm. was shouting from the rooftops that it was a – crime against nature that Ohio State wasn't in the college football playoff because the yeah, Big Ten yeah. was so good. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they were 7-0. And it just it boggles my mind that there's an argument to be made that Ohio State should be in the playoff because Purdue won their bowl game. I don't connect the two. Well, he's the guy who's constantly stumping that uh, the SEC isn't that good, only despite the fact that like 15 of the last 17 have been had either <laughs> or have had an SEC well, person in it. Well, I did read, read a Clay Travis tweet that said in the last 50 years – that uh, the SEC has 15 and a half national champions, they split one, and the Big Ten has two and a half. Mm. You're right about that. Gee, those numbers don't seem to work out for Danny Cannell very well. And Danny's not a numbers guy. <laughs> no, right. he goes with his gut. <laughs> that's right. So I guess that's it for this year for the uh, Around the Horn with the SEC. I guess mm-hmm. Paul can go back to the garage mm-hmm. and uh, collect a little dust. Mm-hmm. I will quickly be dismantling no. the... Uh, electronic penis i have given him it seems no. what's best for my marriage yeah apparently yeah <laughs> but yes, sir. I agree, paul mm-hmm. paul you did some good work this year i've made some outrageous statements you have yeah, yeah that's but true. Um, especially when you said uh, tennessee is still a pick to win the east i think particularly was a, a strange and outrageous comment i admitted i made a mistake i yeah. wonder if mm-hmm. uh, he was going to pick tennessee next year oh without without question yes sir yeah <laughs> I'm sure about that. All right. Well, Paul, we will put you away for the year. Thanks again for joining us. Adios. Mizzou Cast Podcast. You're welcome, Paul. With college football soon to be over, I guess it is becoming my least favorite time of year for college football, which is recruiting season. Yep. It's different this year because we now have the early recruiting period. I think mm-hmm. Missouri has, what, 24 recruits? 
in the books, signed to the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have a single five-star. We don't have a quarterback. But it's not the worst recruiting class we've ever had. Yeah. And I, I, I am a different breed than a lot of football fans, sports fans, I think, because I hate recruiting. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching the games. I love rooting on my team. I hate hanging on the every word of a 17-year-old kid deciding where he's going to go to college and then getting mad when they change their mind. I just mm-hmm. think it's it doesn't do me any good. I don't have any joy from it. Yeah. And yet it's the longest time of the year is to speculate about recruits, and some people make their living at it. Well, we'll be coming back periodically to talk about basketball. We're going to have some basketball podcasts. We're going to have the SEC conferences. Uh, the games are going to start up, mm-hmm. and we'll have some stuff to talk about there. Obviously, we'll do a a show during the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do a show if uh, they make the NCAA tournament, maybe multiple shows, hopefully, mm-hmm. during the NCAA tournament. Right. So we're going we're gonna to cover basketball, not every week, because, uh, you know, fuck you guys. But, uh, you know, contempt for your audience is probably the best way to go. I think like. so, yeah. So we're not a recruiting No, we're not going No, we're not going to talk a lot of recruiting, because, frankly, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't either. I think uh, on I don't care, that's a good note to go out on in our final break of the day. We'll come back with Kansas News and wrap it up with our final award segment for the Mizzou 2017 football season. This is the Mizzoucast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here, and I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year, they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, pissed drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. But I fell off the wagon How did my high horse run? Oh, she put me to the test That little girl with a red dress on And again, this one was claims to be a new original song by a Mazzotcast fan, but I am not a music aficionado. I feel like I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ask any questions. We're just going to enjoy the music and move along. And let's move along to our favorite segment, Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story for the day, police kill a Kansas man in his home while responding to a fake phone call. <laughs> of course they did. A California man was arrested in connection to a prank phone call to police that led to a man's shooting death in Wichita, Kansas. The incident is the latest example of swatting in which a person makes a false report to draw large numbers of law enforcement or SWAT team to a place or multiple locations. Wichita police responded to such a call of a hostage situation on Thursday when they shot a man in his home. Family members identified the victim as 28-year-old Andrew Thomas Finch. Tyler Barris was arrested in Los Angeles on Friday after the Wichita Police Department issued a fugitive warrant. Barris 25 could be in court as early as Tuesday. 
Ferris's digital footprint suggests he was familiar with swatting. One of his Twitter handles was at SWATastic. In a December 22nd tweet, he said he was thinking about swatting the FBI headquarters. The crazy thing to me is, is that I feel like this is a cop-out for the Kansas law enforcement. It's like, oh, we got a prank phone call. Better kill a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no investigation needed there. Yeah, I read the story, actually, and they go to the guy's door. He answers it in, like, boxer shorts and a T-shirt with his entire family. Mm-hmm. And they murder him at the front door and then figure out that he does not game. So it wasn't him that was playing the game, video games with the guy, and none of them own weapons. So. Wow. Yeah. The uh, the friend of the newly departed Kansan said, the Wichita call stemmed from an argument amongst two gamers that did not involve Barris or Finch. <laughs> One of the gamers contacted Barris and asked him to swat the other gamer. Barris was known for in the gaming community for doing stuff like that, the friend said, when asked why Barris would be contacted about swatting. After he got out of jail, he said he did it for attention and to be on the news, but that was it. He also said he regretted it and wouldn't do it again, but that was obviously a lie, said one of his friends on a 2000, after a 2015 arrest. I think he feels powerful being able to do stupid stuff like that. And he got a Kansan killed, so, you know, mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, sure. I just I still feel like this is a huge cop out for the cops. Yeah. <laughs> cops cop out. Yep. When you see somebody who you suspect may be involved in a crime, it's better to shoot first, ask questions later. That's right. If you live in Kansas. That's right. All right, next story. It just makes sense. This Kansas man loves cats, so he's offering free Christmas trees to help them. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. okay. This obviously yeah, a holiday story. You're going to have to explain this. Uh-huh. A northeast Kansas man who adopted three cats from a local humane society is hoping people will donate to that shelter in exchange for a free Christmas tree that you can cut down yourself. Rex Powell of Lawrence, Kansas, said that his cats have been good to him, and now he hopes that people who cut down a tree will be good to the shelter where he adopted them. I wanted to give people trees, and if they choose, they could donate $5 to the Humane Society here in Lawrence. Retired after 28 years of teaching science, he lives with his wife 12 miles outside of Lawrence with three cats and acres of Christmas well, trees. Well, he did live with three cats. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. He didn't keep these cats as pets. They were they provided him great, great meals over <laughs> the holiday season. In addition to his love for cats, as a delicacy or otherwise, <laughs> he said he also loved loves nature and would like to share a piece of that nature for those who would like a tree. The eastern red cedar trees are wild and local evergreens. They range from 2 to 20 feet tall. The trees were there, and I'd like to make the world a better place so everyone can appreciate them. Yeah, so you get a free Christmas tree, and it, it lets people know oh, that no, if you're you hungry... you have to pay the, $5. Well, you could donate $5, but... The, Kansans the fact are not going to actually do that. No, God, absolutely not. But you get a free Christmas tree, and you mm-hmm. find out that uh, cats are a d- wonderful delicacy at the mm-hmm. Christmas season if uh, you're at lack, you know, prairie dog meat. I think it's heartwarming that you assume that he eats them rather than has sex with them, Colin, because <laughs> that's where I would have expected you to go with this. <laughs> well, Brennan, I can surprise even you sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Final he may story. have sex with them before he eats them. <laughs> sure, there's no stopping Thank one you, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Court upholds Kansas man's sentence for texting to for sex. Mm. Hutchinson, Kansas man, sentenced over 18 years of prison for electronic solicitation and violation of Kansas Offender Registration Act, has lost his appeal. The Kansas Court of Appeals on Friday affirmed the conviction of 59-year-old Stephen Peterman. He was convicted for texting a Reno County detective who posed as a 15-year-old. 
Any word whether he will be running for Senate mm-hmm. in Kansas? Well, it's wide open. I don't think that, I don't see anything in his path to no, stop him. Nothing could stop him. Police arrested Peterman in February when he was awaiting to pick up an underage girl in a parking lot. Prosecutors alleged she intended to assist the girl in running away from home and to teach her sex. Mm. Yeah, mm. I remember being 15, and 15-year-olds aren't good at fucking. No. So he so should you're probably say he's doing well to Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was terrible at it, and the other people that were 15 were terrible at it, too. Mm. But by the time you get, like, 30, girls get better at fucking. They should probably try to fuck 30-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think maybe it was a ruse, him trying to teach her the sex. I think he was <laughs> yeah. just trying to have the sex. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be overthinking it. Yeah. I went too deep into that, didn't yeah. I? As did he. In his appeal, <laughs> Peterman claimed the court erred in not allowing at the trial his theory that he was entrapped. The state argued that there was no such entrapment. Peterman has already served prison time for convictions of attempted rape and electronic solicitation of a child. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah, we should we should probably cut off his penis and give it to the fine bot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb, and give us this bowl score for the Kansas football team. Kansas football team did not play in a bowl. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I had my information messed up. All right, so that'll do it for Kansas News. Okay, guys, that leaves us one last thing for the uh, 2017 season here on New Year's Day. Yeah, the awards. The awards. I guess the first one we should give out is the Douche of the Week Award. TJ Mo Douche of the Week. That's right. Douche of the Week. Fellas, I think I, you have to throw in Tom Herman mm-hmm. as a yeah. candidate for this. Yeah. I'm going to say Tom Herman all the way. I, I mentioned I didn't care about him um, making that gesture, but the fact that I don't care about it doesn't mean he isn't a douche for doing it. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. clearly You can a douche. be douchey and not care about yeah, him. Yeah. That's right. So uh, any disputes on this no, one? I, I think, think Tom Herman is a Tom slam dunk for TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Congratulations, Tommy. You earned that one. All right. The more important award is the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. One player personified the flaxen gold that is Kirk Farmer's beautiful hair. And it's always hard to do at any loss, particularly a bad loss. So mm-hmm. who do you think uh, deserves this honor today? I mean, we can't name the Texas punter from a zoo no, team. No, no, can't even name our punter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't give it really to Drew Locke in interception. You really want to give it to somebody on the defense, but no one, I mean, they played good defense, but mm-hmm. who really stuck out? Was A.J. Logan, who played really well in that game, had a couple of, I mean, we had a lot of tackles for a loss in that mm-hmm. game, and mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly who all they were. You're thinking of Jordan Harold, not... Oh, yeah, that's right. He had uh, two sacks mm-hmm. and uh, five tackles, one for a loss, so very productive game. Mm-hmm. He is a walk-on who is going to have to pick up uh, the pieces after Marcel Frazier leaves, so to see him do well is uh, is a good thing. Yeah, and a night where the offense sputtered, I think that's a good pick. And uh, Jordan Harold, this will be your first ever Kirk Formersayer Player of the Game Award. Before we go, guys, I wanted to bring up one thing. I saw that Joe Walsh Jasper had listed the top eight moments for Mizzou sports this mm-hmm. year, and I wanted to go down that list and see what you all thought of them. Okay, Number eight, and this is a throwback to a long time ago in the Kim Anderson era, which was technically in the year 2017. Mm-hmm. After beating Auburn in the SEC tournament in the first game, he uttered this little phrase. I mean, maybe tough to hear. Stick it up their fucking ass. That's right. Yep. He uh, yelled and stick it up their fucking asses. He was celebrating off the court, and he put that at number eight in his top Mizzou moments for the year. <laughs> sure, I'll give him that. I think it's well versed. I think it's, it depends on who you, you know, if it's if it, Kim Anderson saying it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven was Carissa Schweitzer, who was the 
one of the greatest cross-country runners in Mizzou history and had a couple NCAA titles she added to her resume this year. We obviously don't follow women's cross-country. Cross country. No, we like football. We like real sports. We don't like people who are the best at exercising. Yeah, yeah. She's really good at working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Terrific. Okay, number six, he said, uh, take that, Rockbridge third-team left tackle. And obviously he's referencing the Barry Odom speech in the middle of the season where mm-hmm. he said, we've seen dark days. These aren't dark days. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the lighter fluid came out shortly after that. How much pussy you think that guy got that third string left tackle off that? I bet he ran. Mm-hmm. Well, ran a Twitter account was created soon afterwards, oh, so yeah. I think he was a popular guy. Number five, the first ever game since we went to the SEC of Mizzou versus Kansas in basketball in the exhibition this year. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a very big deal. I mean, obviously, Mizzou didn't win that game. It was an exhibition, but the hype was through the fucking roof. Of mm-hmm. course, that was before MG. It, it illustrated to everyone how petty and small, once again, Bill Self is. I was there. I got to see Michael Porter play a whole game in person. So the rest of y'all can suck it. Yeah. <laughs> suck it. Uh, he listed number four as Mizzou beating Arkansas to finish the season with a winning record. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was always good to see uh, the Hogs lose and Burt Dilema. Yeah. We well, got it's a winning record. When in a season, we started one and five. And a rare opportunity to get a coach fired on the field. Yeah. Uh, number three was the women's basketball program, which was rolling along, although I hear Sophie Cunningham just recently got fucking hurt because obviously Mizzou cannot have nice things. Nope. It's not allowed. Uh-huh. Number two was the finishing of the career of Jaden Cox, who did nothing but fucking kick ass in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Was that we really don't care about, but we have to tip our cap every fucking year. They're really good at it. Yeah, yeah. and Jaden Cox was a fucking stud, and I'm hoping he wins a gold medal soon. And then number one, I'm coming home, the announcement of Michael Porter Jr. coming back to Missouri to play basketball. Probably our biggest moment and biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. That's right. Rolled well, into one. The latest rumor I've heard about Michael Porter Jr. is that uh, if he doesn't get listed as a top five draft pick, he will come back to play a sophomore year. Well, I think that's what we speculated when right when we heard this news. I mean, I think I had said Mizzou fans should be rooting for these kids who are able to play to raise their draft stock mm-hmm. because the uh, NBA draft is... It's not like the NFL draft. You know, once you once you fall out of the top five, you're just a guy. I mean, there's no guarantee you're even going to start or mm-hmm. play that much. I mean, these guys, for the most part, do. But, I mean, when you hear, like, second-round pick in the NFL, you go, oh, that's a good football player. Mm-hmm. When you hear second-round pick in the NBA, you go, that guy may never play a minute. Yeah. Porter wants to be in the top five mm-hmm. of the first sure. round. I mean, that's where he expects to be. Well, and you guys got, like, Bagley and guys like that. You know, Trey Duke. Young and mm-hmm. Mo Bamba. And yeah, I mean, they've got some big, there's some big time college athletes and, this year. And they're padding their resume while yeah, Michael Porter's sitting on the bench. Now, all the Mizzou fans are obviously having their fingers crossed that he'll play this year and expecting that he won't come back for a sophomore year. But if he comes back for a sophomore year, I think. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd I, be I fantastic. Would, if you told me he's not going to play another game this season, but coming back for a sophomore year, I'd take that every day, twice on Imagine Sunday. Imagine this, this team we've put together this year with a bunch of young guys. Give them a year of, of practice and experience under the mm-hmm. belt and then add. Michael Porter Jr. to the mix. Look the fuck out. My plan is, I, I hope that what uh, Conzo Martin has done the entire time this break has been happening for the basketball team, that he's blindfolded you know, Cassius Robertson, Geist, Phillips, and uh, Blake Harris, and all those guys, and just made them dribble with their left hand mm-hmm. the entire break, right. nonstop. <laughs> yeah, and not pick up their fucking dribble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, fellas, the year of 2017 is complete. Do you have any closing thoughts on the year that was? Um, not really. I love putting you on the spot like Good that. riddance. Mm, yeah, good riddance. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> good good analysis, Caleb. Yep, yep. Some of your deepest thoughts. All right, guys. Well, I'm looking forward to 2018. If Drew Locke comes back, if Michael Porter Jr. comes back, things should be excellent. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers.
Girls get better at fucking.